Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of my podcast. In today's episode, we will continue Song of Solomon. So this will be part two of Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, maybe in your Bible. So we will continue off where we left off. And this will be the last part of this series. Like I said, this is only a two-part series. I already recorded part one um, yesterday. So if you're listening now, um, please listen to part one so you get a full understanding of Saul of Solomon. And um, in part two, in this part two in Song of Solomon, we will continue. And I will also share the themes on Song of Solomon so that you can know like the full understanding about this chapter in the Bible. But before we get started, make sure you have your Bible out your highlighter, also your pen, your notepad, so that we can get started. Okay, everyone, so we're going to get right to it. Um, so we left off on um, chapter 5 of Song of Solomon, and the part where we left off was when the woman was talking and we said that um, we we left off when the man mistaken the woman for a prostitute. So she was punished by being beaten and um, she grew lovesick. So that was where we left off. So we're going to continue on to chapter 5 and we're going to just end Song of Solomon. Because Song of Solomon only has 8 chapters in this in you know this book in the bible so we're gonna get right into it so after the woman speaks then we get to the young woman and they say what makes the one who loves you better than another most beautiful of women what makes him better than another that you will give us this charge now solomon like I said, has been a player. He gets all the girls. He has so many wives. This man has over... How many? This man has like 83 wives or something. So the women are asking, what makes him so special? He, They are asking, what makes Solomon so special to get all the girls? Because all the women fall for him and marry him. Now, the woman speaks and she says, My love is fit and strong, notable among 10,000. His head is pure as gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves beside flowing streams, washed in milk and set like jewels. His cheeks are like beads of spice, mounds of perfume. His lips are lilies dripping with flowing myrrh. His arms are rods of gold, set with birthal. His body is an ivory panel, curry with lapis um, lavzi. His legs are alabaster pillars, set on pedestals of pure gold. His presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. His mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love. This is my friend, youngest woman of Jerusalem. Now... What the woman is saying here is first she starts out by saying my love is fit and strong. So, first of all, the woman is describing her love for her husband, well, for a man. 
Um, at this point, yes, they are married. So the woman is describing her love for her husband. And then as we see in verse 11, in verse four, uh, verse 11 through 16 of chapter 5 of Song of Solomon, she starts to describe what makes Solomon so special. So she looks at the physical features. Like, for example, his head is pure as gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves and so on and so forth. So the bride is describing what makes Solomon so special in a very romantic and poetic way. And she also describes him mostly physically. So we can tell that he's a kingdom man. So she describes him in a romantic way. And also she points out things that's physical. Like his hair is is like a raven and, and all these things. So she describes what makes Solomon so special and why she loves him so much and why she's falling for him. Then we continue on. Now we move on to chapter 6 of Song of Solomon. So we're almost done. So now the young woman says, Jerusalem, where has your love gone? Most beautiful of women. Which way has he turned? We will seek him with you. Now, first now, as it says, I'm going to read it back. Where has your love gone, most beautiful of women? Which way has he turned? We will seek him with you. Now, at first when I read that, I was like, what are you talking about? So, what we see here is that, first of all, the woman and her man is continue making love. They're doing their intimacy. And um, they express their love for each other. So, like I said, the couple's lovemaking resumes. And the wife says that, well... Before we even get to that, we, let's just say that the woman and man continue their lovemaking. And also, one thing I will say is that um, as we read down, this is also connected to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4. This is when Paul talks about a man and a woman with, in marriage um, with intimacy. Um, we know that um, as Christians, it's always um, we, ha- we must wait until marriage to have sex so um in first corinthians chapter 7 verse 4 paul describes it very well and is very connected to what we're going to continue reading here so yeah now we get to the woman and she says my love has gone down to his garden to beds of spice to feed in the garden and gather lilies i am my loves and my love is mine he feeds among the lilies. So the part in verse 3 when she says, I am my loves and my love is mine, shows the bond. We see a bonding connection. So we quickly, so we quickly sorry, see a love. So in other words, she knows that she's intimately bond together. And the two has become one. So in a marriage, 
um, when the woman and the man and the man comes um, marry, it becomes like unified, a unity. So the two has become one bond. So that's what she says. I am my love, and my love is mine. So we see the bonding connection. So in a marriage, there's a bond between a man and a woman. Now we continue on, and now we get to the man. And the man says, in chapter six, verse four through ten, actually, yeah, he says, "You are as beautiful as." Tarza, my darling, lovely as Jerusalem, all aspiring as an army with banners, turning your eyes away from me as they captivate me. Your hair is like flocks of goat streaming down from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of ears coming up from washing, each one having a twin and not one missing. Behind your veil, your brow is like a slice of pomegranate. There are 60 queens and 80 concubines and young women without number. But my dove, my virtuous one, is unique. She is a favorite of her mother, perfect to the one who gave her birth. Women see her and declare her fortune. Queens and concubines also, and they sing her praise. Who is this who shines like the dawn, as beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, all aspiring as an army with banners. So, as soon as the man starts speaking in chapter 6, verse 4 to 10, we see that, number one, he tells his wife how beautiful she is. So, that's what I'm calling out all the men. Men, if you are in a relationship and you have now called your, your woman beautiful, I'm like, come on. But anyway, I <laughs> just to say that. But we see right away is that the man is telling his wife how pretty and stunning she is. And he also describes the woman's physical features of what makes her so beautiful. For example, he says, Your hair is like a flock of goats streaming down from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of ears coming up from washing, each one having a twin not one missing, and, and he goes so on and so forth. So, he's just saying how beautiful and just describing his wife's beauty. And although there's many other women in the world, his love is unique in his sight. And no one can compare to her. So, you know, we have all women in the world. Let, okay, for, for example, a man and a woman, they get together. There's other beautiful women out here, but he sees the one that he wants, that she's unique to his eyes. So the man starts describing like her beauty and what makes her beautiful and the way how he like she captivates him. So we see that here. Then we move on to the woman. And she says, I came down to the walnut grove to see the blossoms of the valley, to see if the vines are budding and the pomegranates blooming. I didn't know what was happening to me. I felt like I was in a chariot with no bells. Now, when I saw the last part in verse 12 of chapter 6 and Song of Solomon, when she says, in a chariot with a no bell, if you guys didn't know, what she is talking about is intimacy. 
So she's comparing sex to a chariot with no bells. So that means that she is ready for intercourse. Okay, that means that she's ready. So she compares. So intimacy with her husband is compared to riding in a chariot with a no bell. So she's basically on cloud nine at the thought. So that means that she's ready to have intercourse with her husband. So then we continue on. I know it's a lot. It's a lot to impact. <laughs> but we continue on with the young woman and they say, come back, come back, Shemuliai. Come back, come back, that we may look at you. If you didn't know, the woman is actually a, a Shemiliite. Yeah, Shemiliite woman. So the young woman wants to see her beauty. That's why they say, come back, come back, Shemiliite. Come back, come back, that we may look at you. And then we continue on with the man. And that's how we're going to transition on to chapter 7 of Song of Solomon. And the man says, how you gaze at the Shemiliai as you look at the dance of the two camps. How beautiful are your sandals feet, princess. The curves of your thighs are like jewelry. The hand, the handiwork of a master. Your navel is a rounded bowl. It never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is a mountain of wheat surrounded by lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like a tower of ivory. Your eyes like pools of Hushbaum by by Bath Hebron's gate. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon looking towards Damascus. Your head crowns you like Mark Carmel, the hair of your head like purple cloth. A king could be held captive in his trees. And how beautiful you are and how pleasant, my love, with such delight. Your statue is like a palm tree. Your breasts are clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of his fruit. May your breasts be like the clusters of grapes and the fragrance of your breath like apricots. Your mouth is like fine wine. I know that that's really a lot. So, first of all, this is the wedding night. So, at this point... The the man is describing the woman's features. So maybe at this point they she's basically well, I will say they're naked. And he's just saying that how describing Solomon is completely captivated, I should say yes. Solomon is completely captivated of his bride and describes all of her physical features. So for example, the curves of your thighs are like jewelry, the handiwork of your master. And he says more and more, like your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. Your breasts are like two fawns. Your belly is round and weed and so on and so forth. So he describes his wife's physical features to tell her what makes her so beautiful. So he's just captivated of her beauty and like describes like, her beauty to her. So, and also, I want to ask a question as well to my men. So, if you are married and you're listening to this, or if not, whatever. But, men, do you affirm your woman? Like, I just feel like that needs to be said. 
because we see here that Solomon cannot get enough of her of his bride and he is completely captivated by her by her body like her feet navel belly breast neck eyes nose head and hair so man do you affirm your your woman let her know that she is the treasure you need to let her know that she's the prize that she is the treasure especially if you're married so husbands do you affirm your wife because you need to tell your wife that she is a prize that she is a treasure so she needs to feel that love and embrace you need to tell her how beautiful she is. Like one day. Tell her how, she, how beautiful she is. Tell her one day. How beautiful she is. How perfect she is in your eyes. But anyway, I'm going all court. <laughs> of course. But let's continue on. Now we move on to the woman. And we are in chapter 7 of Song of Solomon. And we get to the woman. And she says, flowing smoothly for my love. Gliding past my lips and teeth, I am my love's and his desire is for me. Come, my love, let's go to the field. Let's spend the night among the henna blossoms. Let's go early to the vineyards and see if the vine has budded. If the blossom has opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will make you my caresses. The maids give off a fragrance at and at our door is every delicacy, both old, new and old. I have treasured them up for you, my love. Now, in the beginning, she talks about flowing smoothly for my love, gliding past my lips and teeth. I am my love and my desire is for me. So the woman is basically showing her love. So her love is increasing for her husband, her love grows, okay? It blossoms. Then she continues on and says, Come, my love, let's go to the field, let's spend the night. So, because her love for the man has blossomed, it has grown, it has increased, the woman wants to spend the night with her man, and her love makes her do that. Like I said, because her love has blossomed like a flower, it has blossomed. That makes her think that she wants to spend the night with her man. And then she says, oh, let's spend the night and we can be under the tree. And then we see coming towards the end of verse 11, she says, there I will give you my caresses. The make drakes give off a fragrance. And at our doors, every delicacy, both new and old, have treasured them up for you, my love. So she is saying that when they get there, they will be romantic. So when they when they get there, they will do their thing. They will be romantic and have in, be intimate with each other. Now we move on to chapter 8 of Song of Solomon. Now the woman is still speaking here. So we continue on with the woman. And she says, if only I could treat you like my brother, one who nursed at my mother's breast, I will find you in public and kiss you. And no one would score me. I will lead you. I will lead you. I will take you to the house of my mother who taught me. 
I will give you spiced wine to drink from the juice of my pomegranate. May his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. Young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Now, the woman is still speaking here. Now, we see here, as she continues on in chapter 13, and we transition to chapter 8 of Song of Solomon, she begins at the beginning of chapter 8 of Song of Solomon, that if only I can treat you like my brother, the one who nursed me at my mother's breast, and so on, I, I will find you in public and kiss you, no one scorn me. So, because her love for her man has grown and blossomed, the woman has so much love for her man that she wishes to treat her husband as a brother. Just to show the bond now she has with her man or with her husband. So the love is so strong that she wishes to treat her husband as a brother. That's what she says, if only I can treat you like my brother, the one who nursed at my mother's breast. I will find you in public and kiss you and no one will scorn me. So her love for her man has really blossomed. And she wishes that she would treat her husband as her brother. Then she continued on to say, may his left hand be under my head and his right arm embrace me. We see that again, that it's describing sex, intimacy, intercourse. And then, towards the end, then she says, Young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stir up or wake until the probably time. What she's saying, she's telling the young woman to wait until marriage. Because we see that here. They said it again. Do not stir up or wake in love until the probably time. So she's telling the young woman to wait until marriage to have intimacy. Then the young woman says, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on the one she loves? Then the woman continues and says, I awaken you under the apricot tree. Apricot tree. And we said that the apricot tree in part one was the man. There your mother conceived you. There she conceived and gave birth. And before I continue, I did say that the apricot tree is the man and that she finds rest under like shade okay then we continue on there she continued gave you birth set me as a seal on your heart as a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death jealousy as an unmelting of shield love flames are fiery flames and almighty flame a huge torment cannot extinguish love Rivers cannot sweep it away. If a man were to give all his wealth for love, it will utterly be scorned. So, what we see here for love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as unrenting. Je um, jealousy is unrenting un un as swell. And then love's flames are fiery flames. It shows that love is stronger than anything else. It is it is a strong bond between a mother. A mother, really? Let, let me change that. Love is stronger than anything else. It is a strong bond between a man and a woman. That is what we see here. So, 
She wants him always when she says, set me as a seal on your heart. Basically. Yeah. And then, so we just see like a bond between marriage. Because here's the thing. In a marriage, love is like the biggest thing. And in a marriage, love love is like a bond in marriage. The man must love his wife. The wife must love her husband. So love in a marriage is very, very big. So you must love your husband, love your wife. So man, love your love your woman, love your wife. Tell her how beautiful she is. You know, so love is something that's strong. That's what she says. For love is as strong as death. You know, marriage demands commitment for love is as strong as death. Like death, the love between a married man and a woman is to be given. Is to be a given. Self-serving love won't survive. True love says, I'm not simply in this partnership to feel good. I'm here to build a lasting relationship. Only this kind of love is enduring. So, love in a marriage is super, super big and bonding. Now, you get to the end of Song of Solomon. And, um, and then they kind of finish it off here towards the end. And the brother starts speaking. And the brother says, our sister is young. She has no breasts. What will we do for our sister on the day she has spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build a silver barricade on her. If she is a door, she will enclose her with cedar planks. Now, this is a just a random group of brothers that ask this woman that about, you know, their sister. And we see here that the group of brothers wants to prepare their sister for marriage. So, because they say we will build a silver barricade on her. So, the brothers basically wants to keep sister her their sister purity. So, they want to keep their sister's purity. And I'm going to get into more detail about purity and why purity is so important. So, um, she says, oh, she has no breasts. So, that means that she's still young. She's, she's young and undeveloped, and she has not hit puberty yet. So, they discuss how they can help prepare her for marriage, deciding to build a silver barricade on her. Now, in other words, they choose to help her protect herself as they can, and to reward her as being steadfast in the commute and into the commitment in purity to purity, right? So that's what the brothers want. They want to prepare her for purity. Now, here's a larger message to that. So, um, but but before I say that, um, the part when he says, um, we will build a silver barricade on her means that preparing her for marriage. And also this wall that they're talking about is like a kingdom woman. A woman that values herself, basically. Now, let's get into purity. So, 
Like I said, purity is something that's very important. So, and all of the women out there, and men, uh, well, men, you gotta listen up too, cause y'all be the main ones. <laughs> but, but basically, ladies, girls, okay, let your daughters know, and also moms, if you're listening, let your daughters know, moms and dads. That you're proud of them and, and when they demand that men respect them. First of all, don't let no man disrespect you. Alright? Don't let no man disrespect you. Because let me tell you something. Like I said, purity is something that's super important. And if you date a guy and he doesn't care about you, he doesn't value you as a woman, he doesn't treat you right, he... he he, he believes in sex before marriage and all that. No, that is not the one. He is not the one. Okay? So don't date a guy like that. Because those type of men won't value a woman. They're not going to value a woman. And that's going to lead you into sexual sin. And you don't want that. You want to make sure you maintain your purity. Purity is something that's super important. So like I said, ladies, if you date a guy and he literally disrespects you, no, you need to leave. Because that means that he doesn't value you as a woman. So men, men, if you're listening, oh, well, my future husband, if you're listening, you have to respect a woman. That's the main thing. Make sure you, you respect a woman. Value her. Value her. Literally. So, that's what we see here. Okay, guys. So, now, after the brothers has spoken, the woman says, I am a wall and my breasts like towers. So to him, I have peace like one who finds peace. Now, this wall, like I said, is a kingdom woman, someone who values herself. And she continues on to say, Solomon owned a vineyard in Balharam. He leased the vineyard to tenants. Each was to bring for his fruit 1,000 pieces of silver. I have my own vineyard. The 1,000 are for you, Solomon. But 200 for those who take care of, his fruit, of, his, of its fruit. So then I said that, first of all, first of all, because the, the husband and the wife, they're, they're married now, this is the wife giving her body to her man. So, in other terms, just as Solomon had the prerogative to lease his vineyard to tenants, so his wife had the right to lease her vineyard, her body, to him. She gives herself willingly. So that's what we see here with the vineyard. Okay. Okay, everyone. So now towards the end of Song of Solomon, the man says, You who dwell in the garden, companions are listening for your voice. Let me hear you. And then the woman says, run away with me, my love, and be like a gazelle 
or a young stag on the mountains of spices. So this is the end of Song of Solomon. And we see here that the man and the woman's love still continues on. It still is thriving. We see the bond between the man and the woman. We see their love. We see their passion for each other. And this is the end. So, here are some of the themes that I said that we learned in Song of Solomon. Now, I said the themes before. The themes are love, commitment, sex, beauty, perseverance, and wisdom. Now, the first one is love. Now, over the time, Solomon's relationship with his bride turned into a love story, both, uh, both full of romantic beauty and wonder. The intimacy of their love would color their lives, affecting them physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Solomon's story is a vivid illustration of the power of love. It is not to be regarded casually or used to manipulate others, but upheld with commitment and honor. Now we move on to commitment. The reason why commitment is a theme is because Christ's love for his bride, the church, because it's talking about Christ here. Christ's love for his bride, the church, is ultimately an example of committed love. For God protects his love for us. We must also do the same for others. Marriage is the daily celebration of our members of our commitment to our spouses made possible by God's commitment to us. Now, sex. Now, sex is a theme because sex is good and purposeful gift from God. Because he loves us, God, God calls us to store this good gift by enjoying it within the covenant of marriage. Sex should be motivated by love, not lust. Not lust. It is meant to express mutual love, not seek selfish gain now beauty solomon and his bride list what they admire about one another in romantic language showing us the spontaneous and mystery of love as well as a picture of true beauty beauty in its fullest sense is not just a physical attribute it encompasses personality purity of heart strength of character and so much more Perseverance. Now, perseverance is a theme because over time, loneliness, isolation, and indifference crept into Solomon's marriage. The intoxicating love grew cold and walls rose between them. The drastic change served as a sobering reminder that we must be quick to defend and renew our love and commitment to one another addressing problems before they even become barriers. Now, the last one is wisdom, and that's a theme because human wisdom doesn't contain all the answers. Knowledge and education have their limits. To understand life and make right choices, we need the wisdom that we can be found only in God's word. Now, that's that for Song of Solomon. So, Song of Solomon is a love story. It is a love story between two people. The themes call us into deeper relationships on earth 
as we look forward to the ultimate wedding celebration of the Lord Jesus Christ and his church. And we see that there in Revelations 19. And that is the end of Song of Solomon. I hope you guys enjoyed. That's it. Okay, everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed my sermon or my series of Song of Solomon. And I just wanted to say that, like I said, Song of Solomon is one of the most underrated books in the Bible. And most people need to be talking about it. And I feel like people shouldn't cringe when reading Song of Solomon. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed Follow me on Instagram, Caribbean Doll Joy. Hope you guys have an amazing and blessed day.